Welcome to You Dab Me a Hello. This is RJ. I'm here with Mike and Andy, uh, and we are here to do our second uh, live interview. I'm super excited. How about you guys? I'm super very cool. excited. Nice. We have uh, somebody here today who is a graphic designer, uh, among many other things, and uh, his name is Richard Fonstika. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you are coming uh, to us from uh, Antarctica. <laughs> now, <laughs> forgive me. You're in you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts or neither of those. I'm in Massachusetts, actually. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. So we're here to talk about uh, all things wrestling and probably more. Um, but this is again our second live interview for the people who are joining us live. Thank you very much. You're either on YouTube or uh, Facebook or even Twitch. Uh, which we are on uh, for that okay. one viewer we get every week. Um, so we appreciate you. Um, but uh, yeah, Mike, thanks for joining us again as our um, essentially taking over my job at some point. Um, mm. So yeah. I appreciate that, you being on. Yeah, that was discussed uh, beforehand. Andy had no say. Uh, so thanks for hiring me and also not paying me still. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was a takeover of my job um, for when the stress just finally is too much and I'm done. Uh, you keep making those uh, comments that we got to edit out, and maybe he will. But for uh, for now, it's it's me. I'm the one having the baby in in two weeks. Well, not me, my wife. Um, no, you're and showing. I'm showing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Mike has already said that he's taking over. We're not taking a break. Uh, if I'm gone, he's taking over. So that's right. He, um, he's probably gonna take over both of us. We'll just both leave. <laughs> it's just me. It's just you. you just take it. Just me. Uh, one dad me at hello. That's what it is. But yep. <laughs> I dad me at hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Andy, Mike, do you want to introduce kind of what uh, or why we are interviewing uh, Rich today or Rick? Sorry. Yeah, so first off, um, I've known Rick for a while, but not super well, but I met him through a mutual friend, uh, Ed Sherman, at a Memorial Day cookout that uh, no yep. longer happens due to COVID. Um, shout out to the uh, Three Dudes and Cold Brews guys, Ed, Ray, Steve, miss you guys. Um, yep. You know, and Ray, uh, Rick and I pretty much just uh, hung out, talked about music. I wrote a couple articles, um, you know, for Heavy Metal Textbooks, which was yours at the time. Um, you know, and, and then obviously, uh, you know, you have, a um, a huge history with wrestling and, and, uh, you know, we talk about wrestling all the time. So, you know, your name came up in conversation when I thought about having someone else on. So, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I was just checking your uh, podcast out. Um, I think the, the comedy, uh, 2000s comedy, uh, nice. podcast that you did last. So I was like, all right, yeah. let me get some. You know some background on what you guys um, talk about. Um, I mean, it's yeah, a good sign that you like came Michael, back. <laughs> 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 no, but like Michael said, like um, we we kind of collaborated on some uh, musical uh, uh, blog stuff, and uh, we've known each other for a while now, but we haven't really uh, hung out or anything like that. But uh, um, yeah, we, we worked on a, a bunch of stuff with the metal the metal blog that I had going on. Um, I kind of uh, got away from that and I, I focused more of my attention on the uh, designing and illustrating uh, for the wrestlers. So, uh, but I do have I have a writer that actually took over the blog, so it's still in it's still in publication, but it's just uh, I'm not really involved that much anymore. So, 
He's he's pulling he's pulling a, one of our moves, just like pass it off. So I mean I'm sure you and Mike can go on about metal for about five hours longer sure. than I'd want to hear it. Um so <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um but let's let's dive kind of into your, your graphic design work and, and your behind sure. the scenes stuff with wrestling. So do you want to give kind of a little maybe mini autobiography on on you and, and kind of what you've done? Sure. So um, I was uh, in college for illustration and uh, was always a huge fan of wrestling since I was a kid. Since uh, I think I was looking at my uh, cards this, today and it was like 1983 was the first show I went to. So that's going back a long ways. So I've got to see every kind of different era of how wrestling's changed and uh you know, it's become sports entertainment over over the years, and uh, I always loved it. But I was like, "Oh, imagine if I could combine my love of art and uh, wrestling together." And it's like it, it was a no-brainer. But at the same time, I was like, "You get that fear in the back of your head. Like, can I combine those two and still love them as much, uh, or is it going to become like a job?" And at some point, it did start to become a job, and I stepped away a little bit and kind of refocused on what I really wanted to do. Um, but I always thought of it as I'm giving back to the industry that kind of gave me so much growing up. And it just started as a whim that I was part of a backyard wrestling um, organization that was in Rhode Island, um, early 2000s. I just uh, became a referee for them. Um, my first match, I bumped on tax face first. Tax <laughs> all over me. I heard it was like a jock. And like, that's not the first bump that you want to take, but um, um, years later, uh, I moved away. I moved away and I came back and we decided, oh, we're going to like push this this uh, backyard into an actual ring. So we started renting rings around Rhode Island. And uh, um, I thought, if we're going to take it serious, why don't we have some flyers made and some like posters and t-shirts? And uh, I was the only one that kind of was dealing with art at the time. So I was like, I'll start doing uh, one or two T-shirts for people. Um, the funny thing is Colt Cabana just started his podcast. It was talking about um, a business called One Hour Tees, which was out of Chicago. So um, our friend Gary DeAngelis was the first guy who's like, okay, I want a T-shirt. And I, I, I mean, do you know anybody that prints? I'm like, well, Colt Cabana says it's a T-shirt place in Chicago. So let's, you know, pay extra amount of money for shipping and made <laughs> so it was like thirty dollars for a shirt, and um, it started off from there. Um, a good friend Puma, uh, who's since passed away, um, really kind of got behind me after shows and said, "You know, this is fantastic what you're doing. Um, you could actually, you know, maybe make a career out of this." And I was like, "Nah, we're just having fun renting rings." Um, but as it was towards the midpoint of what we were doing, which wasn't completely serious we didn't have an audience um we just have our we were doing it kind of for ourselves um i kind of took it a little bit more serious and went you know why don't i take a seminar came to find out was more of a marketing um uh workshop and uh steve carino who was at the time he was my favorite wrestler at ecw he had he had put on some shows in rhode island east providence so um talked to him i kind of had it planned in my head like i knew it was his birthday so I was like, I got him like a baseball card that I knew that he was like into the um, like Steve Carlton. So for his birthday, like I gave him a card. Like I, I went back after the seminar. Everybody's like leaving, and I'm like, uh, let me go back. And I uh, 
just briefly said, hey, you know, if you ever need anything in the future, I do art um, and, I, and I do ref and uh, it's, I'm not, you know, serious about the refing that much, but I, it's important that I kind of learn something about this industry. And uh, a couple of weeks later, um, Steve and I just started writing emails to each other about, you know, different projects um, he had that spinned into uh, starting to work for people for Ring of Honor, um, started working for him for Ring of Honor. He had a huge um, kind of like his retirement matches um, involving Kevin Sullivan, who is one of my favorite wrestlers uh, from the Boston area that ever came through wrestling. So um Came, come to find out that uh, the the stuff we we're working on actually went through uh, Kevin Owens' hands too. Like he uh, actually kind of oversaw some of the logo and was like, "Hey, why don't you add the evil logo?" So that was the logo they both had uh, tattooed on their arms. So it was like that gave me major confidence. Like, holy shit! Yeah, that's awesome. WWE guys, you know, that's just crazy how how uh, important that was to uh, start off. And then it's just, it snowballed for the last 10 years. Um, worked for every major organization at one point. So that's, that's impressive, man. And, and just a little backstory on this is uh, I had messaged Rick and said, Hey, can you, um, you know, do you mind sending me a list of some of the guys uh, you work with, some of the organizations? And he says, sure, I'll send you a short list. And it's like <laughs> half a page. <laughs> I was like, that's the short list. Damn. <laughs> I Now I feel, I feel like I should have wore a different shirt. I have a, uh, um, oh man, what was the, the zero one promotion that Steve Carino helped run in the States? Uh, World One yes. was that what it was called? Yeah. Is that where we saw Masato Tanaka? It was, uh, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. a great show. That was a great yes, show. Yes, I was uh, there too. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Okay. I found yeah, I found Steve the shirt brought, in my basement. Yeah, Steve brought that. Um, they did a uh, cancer um, charity at, in Fall River on Main yeah. Street in this old building. Um, they had a ring that was falling apart. Like I brought my father. Um, <laughs> You know, of course, I'm in my backyard. Guys are all there, and they start doing a chant for me as they walk in the room. My father's looking at me like, "People know you." You know, um, Ox Baker was singing in the hallway. Ox, uh, Ox Baker was, was at there. every indie show. Yeah. So yeah, he was. I, he was putting man, everybody I remember in that. Yep. Yeah. That, that was a really good show. Jerry Lynn was there. Yeah. Um, I remember. Yeah, CM Punk. Low key was there, so like low key, low key at that point yeah. was was like my favorite wrestler, and uh, I'd never Chris met him. This was there too. Yeah. So low, so I, I went to the restroom and they didn't have any paper towels like most you know places that have, run indie shows. <laughs> so I come out of the bathroom, my hands are all dripping wet, and low key walks by me. I was like, this is my only opportunity to like say something <laughs> to him. So I was like, I was like, oh hey, low key, and he turns around, he's like, hey. And he sticks his hand out to shake, and my hands are just dripping wet. And I was like, <laughs> I just looked down and went, Oh man, I was like, No paper towels. And he went, mm. and just shrugged his shoulders and walked away. <laughs> so, that is my best interaction with a pro wrestler. Actually, actually no, the best one was That's Daniel Bryan, who, uh, my first Ring of Honor show oh. that I went to in Mass was coming. It was raining outside, and he like went out a door, and he's just wearing his little white undies. And we're like, American Dragon. And he's like, oh, it's awfully cold to be in your underwear. I got to go inside. And he just ran in. 
Oh, good stuff. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, that um zero one, uh, my friend got crushed by CM Punk. <laughs> really? CM Punk just walked by and just pushed him back into his seat, and he's like, "That's my claim to you know of that night was I got pushed by CM Punk into a chair." He's like, Happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way all of us were. We're just like, um, if we weren't part of the show, even that is in the indie show, it was been fun. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Forgot all about that show. That was great. So, um, you know, like most of us, you know, we started watching wrestling when we were kids. What What was really the event that made you fall in love with wrestling? Um, you know, or was there like was there like a pay per view? Was it one particular thing? Um, you know, what made you keep coming back? Oh well, it was uh, definitely it was the Jimmy Snook incident that happened with uh, Ray Stevens pile driving on the floor and then they had the big red x across the screen um that cemented wrestling for me forever like after seeing that just there was no yeah. turn back like it was, it was so realistic at the time he had just turned face uh, just you know had a manager um you know offer him to like i'll manage you for your career and then he just gets you know turned on by his uh tag his ex-tag team partner and just gets pile drived on the floor like or four times and there's a big <laughs> x across the like as a kid you're like what am i seeing like am i allowed to see yeah. this? <laughs> um, after that i, was I just like, saw uh, a murder on tv <laughs> yeah it was like after that I was like, i'm hooked like i gotta see what happens next week you know so yeah yeah i think for me it was uh sean michaels uh kicking marty Janetti through the uh yep. through the that glass was, that was yeah huge. that was awesome my <laughs> earliest one would have to be WrestleMania yeah, 10 um, with uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor. That's a good one, too. Mine was just my, oh, my uncle beating the crap out of me as a, as a <laughs> child while we watched wrestling. And he's, like, practicing wrestling moves. He's like, hey, I'm going to put you in a small package and you're tying me in a knot and just leave me there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that can go two ways, you know. You can move yeah, and never that- want to watch wrestling ever. No, I was like, this is cool. All right. That's the uh, part that gets edited out of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded wrong. No, no. It was not like that. What's I also have pictures of me. So you say Jimmy Snuka. I have pictures of me. I was probably like three or four, jumping off the couch, doing the Jimmy Snuka, I love you sign, jumping onto my uncle. And he had like a pillow yeah. over his private area because I always drop knees right on him. Um, and that is a classic picture that I uh, actually had my daughter do to me. Um, so, so you've been through, <laughs> you've been watching wrestling for 30 years ish uh, coming up uh, in the, yep. in the 2020s. Um, what's your favorite era of wrestling? Uh, you know, was it when you first started watching it? Was it when the attitude era came around? Was it the ruthless aggression era? Uh, was it today's time? <laughs> um, uh, tell us a little bit about kind of what your favorite era of wrestling is. I mean, um, you know, prior to, you know, realizing it was a work, um, that was the best era growing up, you know, you know, you don't have anything to, you know, complain about like, oh, you know, I know this is, this this is scripted or whatever. Uh, You believe everything you see, even when the commentators are like, who is this guy? And you just saw him like last week on NWA. So um, that was my, you know, but I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, 
you know, oh, that, you know, that was the best era because we, we jumped ahead and then after the whole Hogan, you know, comes out, he's on steroids, all that stuff. Everything, the industry kind of like took a downturn right across the board. And um, I think we all at that age, um, growing up, we're kind of like, you know, all right, it's kind of embarrassing to um, kind of like admit that you're wrestling fan because right now everything's out in the open. Yeah. Team, my father and I kind of rebonded over wrestling right away. Like, holy shit, this is just, you know, this is real, real stuff, you know, real uh, reality, like a guy being mad at his boss and all this stuff. And then kind of just um, that era kind of rolled into um, the ECW stuff. Like my, you know, my father's a lot older than I am. We both went to ECW shows, um, enjoyed it the same as when we were, when I was younger. So it always brings back, like wrestling goes in cycles. And uh, right now I think is probably the most, you know, most athletic people in, in ever in wrestling right now. But I think the storylines are a little you know, wishy-washy, and I think we're we're in a down swing at this point. Um, I don't know who's going to come around because CM Punk was like literally like the last guy that made those waves in the way that Austin did. So, yeah, I used to catch. Uh, I w- I wish I would have been around for the ECW shows in the Northeast. I kind of caught it on the back end. My friend Dale was like, because yep. I wasn't watching wrestling at that point, but he's like, "Hey, you got to see this promotion, ECW." He's like sleep over my house. He's like comes on at like three o'clock in the morning on the Spanish channel. <laughs> He's like just just say up. And I remember just watching it, having no idea what was being said, but seeing like Sabu uh, and Tad, like all these guys. And I was like, what is this? This is this is ridiculous. So that kind of started sparking my interest a little bit more into wrestling. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, for me, um, you know, uh, as silly as it sounds, was the the video games kind of brought me back. So, um, you know, the, the super Nintendo and then, you know, the PlayStation one games, you know, they, they were so easy to pick up and play that you were playing them so often. And now you wanted to see these guys, you know, every week on, on TV doing the stuff that you were doing in the video game. Cause the video games were so over the top, you know, now it's, Oh, you want to see the Hardys jumping off ladders on TV. You want to see the guys getting speared through tables and stuff like that. And that's kind of what brought me back into it. Um, and, and again, I've sort of fallen in and out of love with, uh, you know, the WWE product, um, just as anybody else has, I think, but, uh, you know, going to the ring of honor shows, you know, Andy and RJ and I would, would, you know, pop into those shows all the time, any local stuff that would come around, um, you know, and now seeing the, a lot of those guys up in the majors, um, it has kind of, you know, kept me entertained saying, you know, Hey, I've seen these guys before, uh, we lost Rick. well while we're waiting uh just want to let you know we also do a bunch of other things including a new song that got released If you're fans of us, you might recognize that song. And if you're fans of me from 28 years ago, you might remember that song as well. And you might be a stalker. But it's Death and Life. And uh, it's available now on YouTube and Spotify. Um, we have, what, 12, 13 songs released, uh, maybe? More than that now. Um, on Spotify, YouTube, pretty much anywhere you can get your streaming music. So feel free to do that. 
Um, and then also we have a ton of episodes uh, for uh, Udami at Hello, also available on Spotify and anywhere else you can get your streaming podcasts. And we always put up a YouTube video as well. Uh, we've been going live for uh, about the last four to five, uh, no, more than that, six or seven episodes or so. Um, and uh, we've seen an increase in viewers. So we thank you guys for joining us um, and for uh, you know joining in on the conversation. That always makes it fun. Um, which is a huge part of why we're staying with live, uh, just so that we can except, interact with you guys. Except for tonight, when we talking about wrestling on the night of a wrestling pay-per-view, <laughs> which we all forgot about. So if you're watching this, you're probably not a, a wrestling fan, or at least hate WWE. And That's uh, true. Well, while he's uh, getting back on there, we were talking about wrestling. We've done a couple of episodes about wrestling. We have our best wrestling factions. We have our um, uh, best women's wrestlers. Um, we also did our best WrestleMania of all time. Um, who is impressing you guys recently? Let's talk about, you know, I know we're not watching it week by week, but if you were to throw out there currently in the ring, who's impressing you guys? I mean, we're talking just WWE or? No, everywhere. Everywhere? Oh, God. I mean, I'm I don't know if I'm, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I'm qualified to, to answer that question. Yeah. On the, <laughs> <laughs> on the guys, 80s. I'm trying to keep the podcast going. I, I, hey, I'm trying to say Take something. it till you make it. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. It's all right. Uh, I was going to say, you know, Chris Dickinson has been killing it on the Indies for the past year and a half. He was supposed to have a big, um, you know, weekend. I think I think Rick can. Oh, Rick's back. <laughs> Rick's back. <laughs> we're, we're talking about wrestlers that uh, are really exciting us right now and kind of blowing up and i was talking about chris dickinson which i know you kind of have a, a little yeah. relationship with as well so um you know he's supposed to have a big weekend uh before covid hit he's about to go against like <laughs> you name it from from japan and uh you know that kind of went away so now he's starting to build that back up again with you know uh new japan and he was you know doing stuff with nwa all this kind of you know all over the place so um how'd you make that connection Actually, it was funny. Um, I was going to Beyond shows uh, right from the beginning. I've known Drew for over 20 years. Uh, same deal. We uh, came out through the same backyards and stuff. Um, Drew came back to the area and started putting on Beyond shows. And I was a huge fan of Ring of Honor at the time, uh, specifically Tommaso Ciampa. And uh, Ch Ciampa was facing Dickinson at a show. And I was actually intimidated to meet uh, Tommaso because I was a little nervous. And, you know, his character in, in the ring is pretty serious. So I uh, uh, watched Tommaso Ciampa versus Dickinson, and Dickinson just tore him apart um, right from the bell. And uh, I was so impressed with Dickinson after that. Um, I don't know if I reached out to him I, or he reached out to me at one point, but um, I know I did pitch him a few designs, and he was, like, all for it. Um, which was awesome. You know, I, I didn't know what I, I was doing. I don't, I, over my career, I have not pitched many designs to wrestlers, um, but I was so impressed that I was like, I just want to work with this guy. Um, and it come turn to fruition that we ended up working together for all this time, um, for the last seven years, six years, um, worked on stuff for him when he was going to England. Uh, I'm kind of like, I was always like, I'm open to whatever, you, whenever you need to, you need something uh, quick or fast or whatever, just hit me up. And then we kind of became friends and um, we bonded over kind of like metal and stuff like that too. So I ended up working on 
Um, his band at the time was Native Steve. So we worked on a little project with that. Um, and I'm just happy for him, like, to see where he's going. Um, at a certain point, like, I was doing work for him. Santana and Ortiz were part of um, Team Pizuzu. So mm-hmm. I was working for them, uh, Pinky Sanchez and Jaka. Um, so talk about a murderous row of wrestlers who just yeah. all blew up at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was amazing <clears throat> to just see uh, how they grew and, and where they went. Chris and I were talking last year uh, during the COVID, and I knew it hit him hard that you know he wasn't able to wrestle those Japanese shows because he had just been to Japan and came back. And uh, I don't know if you recall or if you were following on, on social media, but a bunch of guys came back from shows on the West Coast really sick. Come to find out, a lot of the guys had COVID at the time. They didn't know it. Oh, man. Um, so so that started the whole thing. But I've been talking to, uh, I was talking to Chris on and off throughout the year, just like saying, don't worry. Like, you know, when, when this comes back, you're going to be probably one of the guys as a front runner because you haven't stopped working out and, and uh, his mental toughness and stuff. And um, I know he struggled uh, with dealing with that, the, the, the misstates, but he was like, I'm going to come back stronger. And yeah. um, as soon as I heard that he went to Japan, like, I was just like, all right, you know, uh, if if he could do it, like, if he could get through all that, like, the letdown because of this stupid COVID, um, <laughs> why can't, wh- what excuses do we have, um, you know, we should be able to push through this too. So I told him, like, you know, he's an inspiration to me. Um, it was funny. He was on Hannibal's uh, podcast. Um, I don't know if you watched the Hannibal, Hannibal interviews, but... Uh, I talked to Hannibal once in a while, and uh, I was like, before he even had uh, uh, Chris on, I was like, you should watch out for this guy, Chris, because he's uh, <laughs> he's he's gonna be he's gonna make a name for him. He's already a name, but he's gonna blow up this year. And uh, sure enough, you know, yeah, he, so proud of what he's done. He's a beast. Like, um, I I think I started hearing his name um mid 2000s I, I think he was on some of the first evolve shows that that were yep. run and i was kind of like ah oh, you know I, i'd never really heard of him so i was like okay so i was impressed then and then i hadn't really heard much um up until he started popping up in, in evolve with jaka and uh, you know they were doing some good stuff as a tag team and um you know stuff of beyond and then his run uh with uncharted territory with beyond when he just like ran through everybody. Like he was basically calling out the top indie names come here, face me. Um, and then his big match against Daisuke Sekimoto, um, you know, which was huge for him. And, um, yeah. Well, if you you take it, if you have like an an afternoon sometime, go back to the beyond shows where you like fought Champa, Samoa Joe, Kevin Steen, Masada, just went like a buzz saw through them all. And, and, you know, at the end of the matches, like he gave respect, but at the same time, it was like, I'm here, you know, I'm not getting recognized, but I'm here. Uh, You know, I'm going to go through everyone until I'm recognized by everyone. And that, that mentality just like is, is really set him to, um, cause I know at one point, like personally, I knew that he was going back to college at one point. He was thinking about being, becoming a firefighter. Um, what it, what really kind of um, sucks is that he's the the reason why intergender wrestling is you know as popular as now in my mind because of his matches with Kimberly at the time yeah 
where he he did it such a devastating like uh, Pazuzu bomb tour, and she had to even come out and say like I'm not hurt like this is yeah. this is what we do, um, and that really like people like started like putting on ESPN and stuff going oh you know, um, maybe mention but this is the reason because these guys can conform with women and he makes. You know, he makes it look believable, and uh, he's always said, you know, put me in with any woman. Uh, it's not going to look like a man's beating up a woman. It's like we give and take, and um, that's what makes the best intergender matches. So, you know, he's worked on so many levels. It's ha- I'm happy to see him, um, you know, do what he's doing in Japan, because he could do it anywhere. Uh, he's done it overseas before, so um, it just goes to show, like, this COVID is not going to stop the ones that should be doing. Like I'm saying about Drew too. Like I told Drew, I'm like, you're going to be the leader of this when it comes back. And sure enough, we're seeing like on uh, Tubi now or one of those uh, streaming things that you know Pluto all, TV. Um, yeah, yeah, Pluto. Pluto. So yeah. It's uh, it's got all Drews doing commentary and adding content. He's got the uncharted territory on there. It's like, you know, there you go. You know, it just ha- so happened that. You know, I could see kind of this, some of this stuff happening before it happened, and I'm just like, all they need to do is believe in themselves, and they can do it. So um, it's been wonderful to see that. Uh, same thing with Joey Janela coming out of that. Um, same thing happened. I was working with Team Pazuzu, and uh, Joey wrote me, and it was like, hey, you know, thinking about doing some T-shirts now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, you want me to do it? Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I just started getting into his his work, and I saw him as Star Man and uh, just just his stuff. And I was like, "All right, you know, if you give me a chance, I'll, I'll do my best." And uh, we we started collaborating for a few years. And um, when he did his documentary, when he came back from the whole um, dr- plunge off the roof, yeah, um, he wrote me. He's like, "I want you to I want you to do the artwork for the DVD and I'm, or the documentary." And I'm like, "Are you sure?" Like, <laughs> you know, everybody knows you now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he showed me respect by going, "No, you're my guy." That you know, I went through all this stuff with, so um, I always respect him for that. And um, what I say is, like, you know, I work with these guys, and then I see them take off, and then I work with the next generation of guys, and hopefully they take off as well. And I'm seeing that, like, some of the guys I'm working with are just, you know, I worked with Chance Young, who's uh, uh, ten in Dark Order now. Um, He's just doing phenomenal things now. So uh, I was just fortunate to work with these guys when they were just, just you know, they knew where they wanted to go. They just need a little help with uh, marketing or branding. So, yeah, nice. Yeah, it looks like uh, as of today, Drew uh, just announced uh, that Beyond Wrestling is returning uh, for six consecutive weeks on IWTV. Uh, they're coming with a new show called The Signature Series. Uh, they are not. Um, supporting our podcast however we will still mention it uh, <laughs> that they are going to be live on thursdays at eight from uh new jersey um and so they're really excited to bring beyond wrestling back uh for at least the next six weeks so i think that's really exciting that's, cool. that's phenomenal so, yeah i'm just thinking like you're saying all this stuff like there's probably so many shows that you we probably walk past each other a million times oh yeah um because i remember like I don't know Drew, Drew doesn't know me, but I remember seeing him uh, at Ring of Honor shows. Like I remember him, and you have a bunch of friends. I remember him because he's he, his voice carries uh, very much yes. so, and he's a character. So like I remembered seeing him, and then I started 
finding out about beyond wrestling and i started like seeing him commentary and like around and i'm like wait a minute is that the guy from ring of honor like that i would see all the time and then i started you know finding out about him and uh yeah man he's he's such a creative mind um so and you're, uh, if you think about like where he started off, he had those matches in those uh, training centers bars. and stuff where <laughs> there was no fans and it was just all the wrestlers around the ring, um, which, you know, put the seeds in for what it is now. Um, I actually, it was funny because I was at um, the FET before he was even running shows at the FET. There was a rap artist from Pawtucket. Um, he's very well known as in the indie scene, Sage Francis and B. Dolan. Yeah. Uh, I should have my Sage Francis shirt. <laughs> <laughs> they started wrestling um, um, thing every week or every few or every month at the FET, uh, Church of Providence, it was called. Um, so I was a big Sage Francis fan, and they actually had some like local wrestlers do wrestling matches in between. And I saw Drew at one of the Church of Providence's, maybe the first one, and he was like, you know, there's something to this, you know, he was, I could see, he was like, all right, you know, he was kind of figuring out the logistics and he just took over the fat and he, he kind of put the fat on the map uh, for wrestling. And then, you know, now he's just, it's, he couldn't, he would fill that place up in no problem. So he, he needs to find other places to do his shows now. Uh, wrestling fans are hardcore when stuff comes through here. I, you know, it's no different than when a musical act comes through. I mean, right. You know, it, it doesn't happen often so when it happens everybody goes you know even if they're not a huge fan you know it's not something you see you know every week you know it might be once every two months three months you know um you know i know there was a point in time where xwa was doing once a month you know over in west warwick and that was kind of like the most frequent you know you would see a show because before that it was you had to go to massachusetts every couple of months to go see a ring of honor show or hopefully you know something else would come through so yeah, it's 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 crazy how many hardcore fans you see go to these shows and you see the same people at every show um, because it just yep. didn't happen that often. It, you know, it's 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 funny right. that you end up seeing the same faces over and over again. Like Nate. See yeah, like, like Nate. Do you, yeah. know, do you know Nate Meat? <laughs> Who's that? Nate Meat. Mm, Fred, maybe by face. I don't know him by yeah, you, name. Yeah, he, he's one of Ed's buds as well. We, okay. I'm sure we've all crossed paths at some yeah, point. We, we call <laughs> the last uh, the last show Andy and I went to go see was Beyond Wrestling. I think right before the pandemic hit, it was up in Worcester. We went to go see it at this little bar where the ring basically touched the front windows and and the back of the bar. Like that was it. Um, and that was actually I think my only Beyond show I've been to. Uh, but I loved it. It was great. There was a lot of people there uh, that ended up being in NXT shortly after. Yeah um yeah. and aew uh best friends i think were there that night right and weren't they yeah. facing santana and ortiz that night they were yeah so it was a great show um and we yeah. went to go see ring of honor of all places at the providence uh convention center we saw okay. ring of honor there uh, a long time ago probably what six to eight years ago or so long yeah, i think one of it kevin seen eddie kevin kingston Steen. in the main yeah. event yep mm-hmm. right. i still have pictures i think it was 13 i think it was 2013 or so or 12 but uh but yeah, it's it's always awesome when those little shows come around 
um, because they don't come around very often. We, we find ourselves at SmackDown and Raw because there's nothing else to go to. That's it, um, right. Until AEW. Now, AEW, we actually still have tickets to AEW show that got canceled <laughs> three times at the Aganis <laughs> Arena. Um, it's supposed to be this April, but we haven't gotten the cancellation yet, but it's coming. Um, but uh, but that's that was an awesome show. We went, went to go see AEW Dynamite, uh, what, two years ago now or so? Um, when that first show. Yeah, it was, I think it was the first was show second, in the Northeast. I think it was the second show overall. It was the tag team tournament. Hmm. Yep. That was good. So, Rick, so and obviously word of mouth is really big for you as far as getting you know these kinds of gigs, but um what's kind of like the typical interaction for someone who designs shirts for the for wrestlers like does the wrestler reach out to the designer does the designer say hey i have some thoughts and then like is it just like i'll do this for x amount of money or like what what does that <laughs> whole deal look like <laughs> so i was i was fortunate to um grab the eye of uh, uh ring of honors uh he's formerly of ring of honor bob evans brutal bob evans yeah. known you know, he, he goes around the country uh, with his hangs with Bob at the time. Um, he We just kind of connected. He had an Iron Man tournament that he was working on, and I pitched an idea on an Iron Man T-shirt. Um, come to find out, we've gone to school together. We've been in the same public school system. We grew up in the same <laughs> town. Um, so he ended up hitting me up and going, hey, you know, I got this idea about a hangs with seminar. Came up with like 30 different ideas for a hangs with Bob logo. Um basically it was like a bartering system like he says i'll take your name around the country and uh, that's what he did um so he he's given me years worth of work by just going around the country and putting my name on every seminar like hey you know this is the guy that you go to for a t-shirt so that's awesome. um, maybe for the last you know 10 years i've probably contacted myself just a handful of wrestlers. Uh, mostly I get contacted through uh, IMs on Facebook or uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram. And um, we usually get pitched an idea. Um, some guys just don't know how to talk to people. And they're just like, you know, all of a sudden, like, I want a logo. How much is it? And you just can't, you can't come up with a price like that. You got to kind of go over, like, you know, this is what we have to do. And um, so we kind of, you know, you barter, your, sometimes you barter for, um, you know, for your name getting out there. And then sometimes you just, um, you know, you just put it out there. This is what my charge is. I, you know, charge me, you know, whatever, half, half, half up front, half when it's done. Uh, never have any complaints. Only had two guys kind of screw me over the years and uh, learn from that. Um, but, yeah, usually the crack, <laughs> yeah. but usually the interaction is. Who was it and why was it Triple H? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's why uh, Cody broke his throne. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is for Rick. So uh, how long, if I if I come up to you as a professional wrestler and I say, "Make me a T-shirt," here's my ideas. How long does it take from start to finish for me to see that that design? Usually two weeks overhead uh, over time. Um, from you know, my calendar is so booked. And it's not that I have, you know, right now in my life, I'm just like, I try to take, you know, a few bookings uh, a month really now, um, because now I've kind of been contracted with a certain promotion and some of their uh, performers kind of like take precedent over, you know, just a guy walking off the street that needs a logo. 
Uh, those guys need turnarounds for TV right away or gear mm-hmm. or uh, patches or uh, a new concept that they're working on for uh, a storyline. So they need it right away. And I kind of have a good um, relationship with that promotion. So I try to give them precedent. It also gives me time to do my own stuff. Um, and I can. it allows me to, you know, be picky and choosy on who I want to work with. Um, I try to vet everyone now. So I'm not working with some guy I've never heard of. I want to know a little background before I can work on something for somebody. So that's basically so, my, my turn. So if RJ comes up to you, you're saying no. maybe i'll barter for some uh, attention yeah (laughs) how do you think i got him how do you think we got him on the podcast he made (laughs) (laughs) so you've worked with i mean again your short list uh was you know like 40 people or whatever um do you have you know, one person, two people, handful of, of wrestlers that you've worked with that you feel like you've helped more than others or, you know, any, anything that you're most proud of. And, and again, not to downplay any of the work that you've done saying yeah. that you've done bad quality work or anything, but is, is there anyone that you really feel like, yeah, this is where I'm going to put my time and my effort. Um, well, I, like I was saying, I, I think the ring, the ring of honor stuff that I've worked on, um, has gotten me the most attention. Um, being on the, the main entrances when these guys come in is, is was shocking to me. Because um, sometimes I wasn't even told, like, you know, this is what's going to happen. We just sign, Sometimes you sign a clause going, you know, it, they're free to use your artwork on TV, but you don't really know sure. what they're going to use. And I like yeah, that, that could mean gear. That could mean, that could mean anything, right? Right. So um, being able to have some, some, some designs on their shop so if somebody asked me i'm like i can go to ring of honor shop and you can see some of my designs um some of the stuff on pro wrestling tees um one that stands out is uh working with eddie edwards when he was in japan and he was just about to win the title didn't know he was going to win the title or anything like that i just knew that he was in need of some designs for his store so that usually tells you that like something's going to happen but you don't really know for sure and he was the first uh non-japanese um I think wrestler to, uh, I can't remember what title it was at the time, but he was the first one to win that right. title, so it was a big deal. Um, was it, the, it was because uh, it was a friend. Yes. Um, so Teddy Goods, who's a wrestler from uh, Massachusetts, um, he's he's a fantastic artist too. Um, he didn't have time because he was on tour. Um, he was wrestling across the country, so he's like, "Hey Rick, can you do a job for somebody?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he's like, it's Eddie Edwards in Japan. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes. <I'm laughs> um, I think I can squeeze it in. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so have, so be able to have a conversation with him via, you know, email th- from Japan to here is phenomenal to like experience. Um, yeah. But the Ring of Honor stuff's really stood out because it's still happening. Like, you know, I still work with these guys a lot. So, um, yeah, it's, it, but, you know, I feel like I'm a, a little bit of everyone's kind of journey on, on the way up to the top or wherever they're going to go. And it's nice to be able to, like, look back and go, I worked for this guy or that guy. Um, right now, like, 10 years in now, like, I forget who I've worked with. And if somebody puts up a shirt, I'm like, uh, that's an awesome shirt. And they're like, well, duh, you worked for it. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> 
That's like Metallica it's, saying, "Oh yeah, we wrote Master of Puppets. That was us." Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good song. Yeah, it might be the, the semi. It might be the semi concussions that I gave myself doing bumps in the ring, but uh, putting your head in thumbtacks. I might do. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, the worst bump I ever took was. Um, my buddy and his ne- his nephew were uh, doing a double clothesline to me, and I just took the you know odd bump, and I had a, like a semi concussion. So <laughs> <laughs> we had we had somebody that you know we back had wrestled probably around the same time as everybody that that you did, and uh, we had somebody who liked to bring out a little extra violence and barbed wire and thumbtacks, and then one time he decided to blade, and. Um, that didn't go over well. Um, <laughs> our general, I remember him going into Bill's house, who we've had on the podcast before, and someone had to pour alcohol onto the wound. And we're all outside. We're just here. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and after that, we were like, no more. Uh, don't do that again. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I, so I was refing a match once, and a, a guy bladed um... – bladed across his forehead and uh i didn't want to see that ever again like that close so. <laughs> um god i can't even get a paper cut without like yeah sweating, like, i was gonna say like i never intentionally want to hurt myself never mind for somebody else's entertainment bumps i was okay with like you know on my neck lower my upper back like i was fine with that whatever but no, I cut myself. That was no, mm. not happening. No, not I'm good. too pretty for that. I don't want to cut. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we actually have a question uh, from a fan. Uh, this is from Jesse. Uh, what is your favorite wrestler of all time, Andy? What's your favorite wrestler of all time? <laughs> I mean, I think I've mentioned before. Taz was was up there. Uh, Kenta Kabashi. Uh, low key. How about you, Mike? Who's your still, favorite wrestler of all time? It's still Bret Hart for me. Nice. He just had he he was one of those guys that you know you had your Hulk Hogan's and you had your Macho Man's and everything, but you know Bret Hart just had you know he he was the cool guy. He had the style. You know he yeah. gave out his sunglasses to everyone. You know he's the best think, there is, the best there is, and best there ever will be. I think he mentally subdued you with his propaganda of being the best there is, the best there was, the best. It worked. It worked. (laughs) I can't can't deny it. How about you, Rick? Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? If you had to answer that right now. I'm biased, but um, just knowing uh, my friend Steve Carino and just seeing his work all throughout his career and, you know, for the, he had the NWA title, he uh, ECW title, uh, just in and out of the ring. Um, he's still my favorite all time. Uh, growing up, it was maybe it was Hogan uh, or Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Snuka. Um, but what stood, you know, staying with me all these years and looking back at their, their uh, career, I think Karina is still my favorite. I can still nice. go watch matches with him and be like, you know, it's, it's still great, you know. His matches with Homicide and Ring of Honor? Oh, yeah. Brutal. <laughs> Yeah. Mine is uh, Bo Dallas. Yeah. Bo Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I do miss Bo Dallas, but Bo he's Dallas is just—he's just collecting a paycheck now. Like I know, but he gets to live on a farm with Liv Morgan. That's why I'm taking RJ's job. Yeah. Did something right? 
so you've done so much already, um, you know, with your career and, and I'm assuming you plan on continuing to do this. Do you have any more aspirations beyond what you've already done? Like, is there, it, what, you know, there, do you have another goal? You know, you've, you just said you're, you know, you have contractual obligations with, you know, an organization. Um, is there something else beyond that, you know, like being on their payroll, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, contractual stuff's kind of crazy because it's like, you know, it's, you know, some stuff you're going to do for, uh, you know, peanuts and stuff could turn out to be decent. But like anything, yeah. you're you're sort of an independent contraction uh type of deal um right now i i spent the last few weeks doing this fan art stuff that i've been working on i don't know if you noticed but um uh reaching out to some of my favorite wrestlers that uh, came from maybe the wwf at the time that i was really enjoying whatever they're doing so um i reached out to uh just incredible uh who was all doing montoya so i did like a split art of them uh mm -hmm. adam bomb who was you know I liked him from the AWA era, yeah. uh, where he was a night stalker. So I reached out to him, and I'm just doing this this artwork as a um, you know out of respect to them. So just doing my own kind of spin on some artwork for them, and that's kind of my new kind of like I don't know if you'd call it a hobby, but I'm not trying to make any money off of it. I'm more more just doing it kind of for fun. So that's one of my goals: is just kind of connect with some of these wrestlers that maybe aren't getting the uh, spotlight anymore or deserve to get more uh, noticed for their career um so if i can do that through my art that's pretty cool while still you know doing my other stuff but um it keeps me kind of creative and in uh i love work talking to the older guys um i spent half an hour talking to mario mancini who was um, a big enhancement talent for the uh wf in the 80s and uh the stories they can tell you in a half an hour will stick with you forever. So yeah. that's payment enough, you know. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Guys. Like you said, Marty Gennetti, you know, I talked to Marty Gennetti on and off once in a while through Facebook, just like a quick message, and he'll just like, you know, give a quick reply. Or New Jack um, is pretty, you know, he'll reply to people too. Um, I get a kick out of that. I'm still a fan of art. <laughs> um, so that's my goal awesome. is just to kind of, continue to work with the new generation and still, you know, respect the old generation too. So. Yeah. I think that's something a lot of uh, fans should be doing, to be honest with you. Cause they, I think a lot of us have blinders yeah. on and they only, you know, we only see what's happening now and, and, and think that the older stuff is it's lame. Cause you know, there was no, you know, there was no big spots or, you know, it wasn't as uh, bombastic as it is. There wasn't pyro, you know, people aren't getting yeah, people aren't getting thrown <laughs> off of Titantrons and stuff. So that's definitely a good way to look at things. And, you know, it, as cheesy as it sounds, you know, know your roots, you know, know where, know where you're coming from. I mean, what kind of hell in the right. cell match would have been Earthquake versus Gio mean, Bravo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without those, you don't have the other things, the crazy stuff off of roofs and uh, <laughs> The Undertaker's Last Ride and all that stuff, you know. You don't have that unless these other guys did this kind of, you know, st stuff in their era was kind of, it was big for them, you know? Right. There'd be no Jeff Hardy without Bobby the Brain Heenan's crazy bumps. 
I'm just saying, go back and watch some of the stuff you did. Yeah. You flailed around like crazy. <laughs> so I was looking at your, your T public page, which I'll give we'll give you some time to, to promote, but uh, wrestling isn't the only thing that, that you design. Um, you know, what other, what other interests, passions, um, you know, come with your, with your designs. Well, with the T public stuff, it's more like uh, reacting to like you know pop culture stuff. So if something happens, the nice thing about T public, it doesn't really cost me anything but time to create artwork. So um, I make a box office for T-shirt, but I get the you know satisfaction of coming up with an idea and putting it up right away and getting a lot of eyes on it. Um, so it's a nice, nice side hustle stuff that you. Uh, I think any designer should take advantage of or even a guy like one of the podcasts or whatever get your stuff up there it allows you to just have some branding up there to um you know market on your podcast or youtube or uh, facebook whatever it just it's another outlet for you to get your your, your name known or your your uh, you know gives you a persona uh, so i i love doing it i've spent time doing it over the year because of the covid and um, with the help of like that Bob Evans uh, tool is kind of like, you know, you should really start promoting your T-shirt stuff, too. Um, I took and I took that as a, you know, let's try this a little bit hard, you know, be a little more serious about. Um, and so that's another part of my, you know, whatever. They're all side hustle deals. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like your Star Wars stuff. I'm a big nerd, as evidenced by the wall of video games behind me. So. Uh, I appreciate that stuff. I liked the one of a particular yeah, uh, yeah. person as a clown. Um, I don't even want to say the guy's name on the podcast. So. We'll just say ex-president. Yeah. No, that could be a lot of people. <laughs> exactly. That yeah. could be a lot of people. So, RJ, you have uh, some work to do when the baby comes. Is that you're going to get our merchandise up on Public? Yeah, I have a ton of time, so I will make sure <laughs> I get that done. Um, yeah. Actually, it's funny. I I do have uh, up on uh, the instructions on how to get on T Public, so I, I I threw that up there already when I heard it. But um, but anyways, hey, we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. You just mentioned yep. you're super busy these days, um, and it's it looks very cold where you are. So I just I. <laughs> I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed being on the podcast with us, um, and uh, we loved hearing the stories. Um, and uh, you're a fellow New Englander, so that's always nice too. Um, we interview people on this show and on another one, and yes. I'm constantly talking to people from California and and Nashville. So it's nice to speak to someone from the New England area who understands uh, this weather and likes to be out in it. Obviously, so um, no slang. Yeah. Yeah, understands our actual language. Right? Um, is there anywhere that you want to kind of point people to uh, to get them to see your stuff? I know T Public is one of them. Yeah, you, I mean anybody can go on it if they have Instagram uh, gimmick by design. Uh, I'm on there. I, I, you know, I usually share whatever my art, new artwork is, or uh, photographs, or uh, you know, promote other uh, you know wrestlers like if Chris Dickinson to Japan, and you know, I noticed there's some kind of highlight. Uh, someone that I've worked with, um, I'll use that as a platform. Facebook usually I use it just for T public stuff, um, but I can you know they can find me on either of those. Uh, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really use it that often. 
Uh, but those are the two main places. All right, great. Well, again, awesome. thank you so much for, for joining us. And if you can hang on after we get off live, we'll uh, kind of uh, conversate before you head out. Uh, but for the people who are uh, listening live or listening later on Spotify yeah. or YouTube, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, Andy, what time is it? Oh, One more minute till the end of the night. But how could we end when it feels so right? One of these days, we I'm also... actually gonna know what you're talking about when you do that. <laughs> I, I, um, I I was still confused. Yeah, still it's, well, we uh, ju that's just a side uh, thing that Andy and I do. We also do music. Uh, catch that V Rap and RJ Gun music on YouTube and Spotify as well. Again, a huge thank you to uh, Gimmick by Design uh, with uh, Rick Fonseca. Um, thank you again for joining us, and everyone have a great night. This is Three Dads, One Podcast. You didn't ask for it, but here we are anyway. Thank you.